the holy day of Purim is behind us, but there's a tremendous takeaway message that will resonate throughout the year. After Haman's decree to annihilate all of the Jewish people is announced, Mordechai pleads with Esther for help. Please go before Achashverosh to plead on behalf of Klai Yisrael. Esther tells Mordechai, I can't just walk into the palace. I'll be putting my life in jeopardy. Everyone knows that any person that appears before the king unsummoned, that's an immediate death sentence. And I haven't been called into the king's chambers in the last 30 days. When Mordechai senses Esther's hesitancy, he tells her, If you keep silent at this time, the Yeshua for Klal Yisrael will come from another source. And who knows? Perhaps because of this very moment, you were appointed queen. This was your mission in life, and you are about to squander it. This will go down in the annals of history that you let this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity slip right through your fingers. To illustrate this point, I'd like to share with you a fascinating story about the Panovicherov. Besides being a great tzaddik and a gun, he was also known as a prolific fundraiser. The Satmarebbe once said, scientists are constantly debating whether there's life in other planets. I have clear proof that there's no life there. Otherwise, the Panovich Arav would have been there to raise money for his yeshiva. So the Panovich Arav was a very charismatic person, a very dynamic speaker. He would travel from town to town and make appeals for his yeshiva. One time he arrived to a certain city in America, and the whole town was a buzz. And finally, it's Shabbos morning, and the shul is packed. And right before Kriya Satira, the Gabba gives him the signal to go up and speak. And as he's about to approach the podium, the Rav of the Shul goes over to him and he tells him, Panovich Rav, you should know that in this town we have a custom that all the tzedakah that gets collected here is given only to the local Moisdes. That's our policy here. And therefore, we are not going to give any tzedakah to Panovich. However, since you are a great Baldarshan and an inspiring speaker, Please go ahead and give your speech anyway. The Panovich Rav wasn't faced. He gets up to the podium. It was Parsha Shemois. And he says, I had a speech prepared, but the circumstances have changed. So let me share with you another thought I have on the Parsha. And he says this incredible vart. When Moshe Rabbeinu was put in a basket and placed into the Nile River, the Pasik says, and his sister Miriam stationed herself at the bank of the river, to know what would happen to him. As the Panovicherov, this child had a mother and a father and a brother. Where were they? Can you imagine putting your three-month-old baby in the Pacific Ocean and you just walk away? And you don't even look back? You continue on with your life like nothing happened? Miriam was there, but where was Amram? Where was Yechevet? Why didn't they stick around to watch what the end result would be with their son? And he said something incredible. The Gemara says that Miriam was a prophetess. And she knew Benavua that her mother would give birth to a son that would be the Moishian Shal Yisrael. She knew that her brother Moshe will be the savior of Kal Yisrael. Therefore, she knew all along that some way, somewhere, somehow, little Moshe will be saved from the river. She knew that Hashem would perform a miracle on his behalf and would rescue him. So you know why Miriam stayed? Because she wanted to witness the miracle firsthand. She wanted to observe who will be that person who will be Zoiche to physically carry out Hashem's mission 
and pull Moshe out of the river. When Baspare came along and stretched out her arm and it expanded like elastic, Miriam was rewarded for her patience and she was able to see the amazing miracle happen right before her eyes. So now the Panovich turns to the crowd and he says, Let me tell you something. The Panovich Yeshiva will survive. In fact, it will thrive and it will outlive us all. The only question is how. Who will have the schus to do it? Who will have the foresight and the wisdom to want to be part of it? And that is why I travel around from town to town to meet those lucky people, to meet all those Miriams around the world who want to witness and have a schus to be part of this great legacy. And indeed, his words proved to be prophetic. Mordechai told Esther, regardless whether you plead your case before Achashverosh or not, either way, Klal Yisrael will somehow be rescued. Hashem will perform a miracle. So why don't you want to be the heroine of the Purim story for all eternity? The Gemara says in Sechtes Megillah, Sholchelhem Esther lechachamim. Esther Amalka petitioned the Chachamim to have Megillus Esther included as part of the 24 books of Tanakh. And Klal Yisrael should read it and recount the story every year on Purim. And perhaps the reason Esther wanted her story written down for posterity is to teach us this important lesson. There are times in our life where we are presented with an opportunity to accomplish something truly remarkable. But it may require of us to make a major commitment of our time or resources, and we are hesitant. And we come up with all sorts of excuses. This is way above my head. I don't have the time. I don't have the intellect. And we pass on it. And who knows? If this was our specific mission in life, Hashem put me down on this world at this time and this place for just this moment. Maybe if we would go just a little bit out of our comfort zone, we could not only do the job, but even excel at it. If Esther would not have risked her life and gone into the king to plead on behalf of Klai Yisrael, Hashem would have found another shliach to get the job done. There still would have been a Megillah, but it might have been Megillah's Chana or Megillah's Dina, and Esther would have become just an obscure footnote in Jewish history. So when opportunities come knocking, you be the one to open the door. And now we know. Have a wonderful day.